Welcome to topic 9 in the subject operational intelligence. In this topic we look at um, estimative intelligence. Now for those of you that are doing or have done or will do um, intelligence and analysis subject we refer to, we, we look at this um, through a different lens but we look at this and we tend to refer to this as predictive analysis. Um, but I think you'll find there'll be slight differences in terms of the way we, we look at it. And so I've decided that we look at this, we call it estimative intelligence as a way to, um, I guess, look at some of the differences. Um, I think for the most part, um, predictive analysis in the way that we've presented it in the other subject tends to be a little bit more technologically based in some ways. This one's based on a few ways that we can um, estimate the future, see what's going to happen um, using um, other types of tools and methods. I think the, the real thing about intelligence, I mean, basic intelligence um, is, is very much about what has happened. Um, most intelligence, particularly the tactical style, tends to be looking at um, what's happening now. Um, Estimative intelligence is trying to work out what's going to happen in the future. And I think that's really the goal of most um, intelligence uh, work, is to know what's going to happen. Um, and try and operate, I guess, with some degree of certainty in what really is an uncertain world, an uncertain environment. So with that in mind, um, we'll have a look here at some of the ways that um, intelligence analysis um, can have a look at um, uh, predicting the future. Now, predicting the future um, isn't necessarily looking at a, uh, a crystal ball. Um, it isn't working on intuition, um, but rather using data um, and, and um, scenarios and hypothesis um, to try and establish what the future may hold. And that's where we'll go um, in this um, in this uh, presentation. So let's um, let's have a look. The things I want to cover, or some of the key themes underlying what we'll, we'll cover, um, is looking at um, the, the role of estimative intelligence and its ability to look at the future and future forecasting. Um, we'll look at some predictive techniques that are used um, and, and some possibilities um, that can be incorporated. Now they're not exhaustive by any means, but rather to give you a, a, a taste, a sense of flavour um, uh, in regards to um, uh, what you can do to try and make forecasts. Um, we'll also look at um, the underlining thing about estimative techniques is that they have to rely on logic. Logic's a really important part um, to intelligence and intelligence studies. Um, and so it's a constant theme that's re-emerging. It's an underlying theme that's, that's re-emerging. Um, and causation. Causation is a very important facet as well. Um, and often it's the causation that can lead us um, to hypothesis and an understanding of what actually is going on. Um, and, and finally, the fourth theme that we'll, we'll cover here is looking at, um, I guess, the way that estimative analysis can inform um, long-term operational objectives um, and planning and priorities. So you know what's going to come, so you can begin planning operations to deal with those. Um, so, th you know, these are the main areas that we'll cover. Now, to begin with, I think there's 
four components, I guess, to estimative intelligence analysis. Um, the first one is being able to examine causation and influence. The next then is looking at hypothesis and scenario generation. Um, the third is how to test those hypotheses. And finally, the application of them, so actually using them. Um, in examining causation, and I'll just change this slide, in examining causation and influence, um, it's really, the, the key here is to be able to look at the relationship between things. Why does, does one thing cause another? What's the impact of variables? So when we talk about variables, they can be anything um, from, from raw data, numbers, um, through to actions, uh, actions that people are taking, um, and a whole host of things. So the idea is to look at those um, variables and look for any patterns in them. Um, what what influences are making certain outcomes take place, and that's that's the thing about looking at causation. So if we were to look at say, I don't know telephone uh, traffic, you know we could begin to see that there is, um, you know there is there is communications between individuals. But does those communications, you know, is there any causation from those? Um, and it's building upon and looking for. Um, those sort of um, variables. Um, and so it, the causations are often the, the end product of something, and, but at the same time they can feed in to create um, a hypothesis. Um, if these things are happening, if these things are happening, and if these things are happening, I think it's because of this. Um, um, and so that should give you some rough idea about um, Causation. So that's where you really want to be looking at is what's influencing things to happen. The next one is um, hypothesis and scenario generation. So if you've got all these series of, of what of, of events um, or things taking place, um, and that usually starts by observation. I should make that point. Let me just go back for a moment. If we revisit this previous size about causation and, and influence, part of that is observation. Um, and so my, my little silly analogy about telephone is you're observing something happening. Um, and the next thing is to work out, well, what's, what's the causation of, of these things happening? And, and developing that then becomes the idea of putting together the hypotheses. So we use the hypotheses um, to, as explanations for what we've seen um, and what we've observed. Uh, and that, that observation can be the patterns in data, um, it could be watching someone do something, it could be any, any, any host of things. And so um, the scenarios, however, tend to ask more questions about um, alternatives. So they're questions about, based on the information that you have, um, they explore what are some of the outcomes that may happen of this. So if, um, uh, you know, for example, if Turkey was to invade um, Syria, um, what might be some of the potential outcomes of that? And so you'd list down some of the known ones, and you try and even, you know, um, be mindful of what may some of the there may be unknown events taking place. But um, we can only, I suppose, work in scenario based. You can only pretty much work on the information that you have, and I guess that's why it's also important to constantly review scenarios and hypotheses as new information comes. Um, but going back to the scenario idea is, is that you look at um, and basically imagine. Um, what are some of the possibilities? 
Um, and obviously, part of that then would be to well, what might the, the adequate or what would responses be um, in returns to that. So hypotheses and scenarios um, are good when you want to develop some, um, alternatives. Um, sometimes too, they can be um, uh, explanations, I guess, for even previous events as well as future events. Um, and there's also the sense that sometimes there'll be more than one hypothesis, and this is where we lead to the theory of competing hypotheses. Um, and again, in intelligence analysis um, subject, um, we, we look at the, the role of competing hypotheses and using evidence, causes or, or data, um, and, and, and matching them to possible hypotheses. Um, and usually through that process, you can come out with a, a, a likely hypothesis. Um, and finally, uh, using scenarios or hypotheses um, allows you to create and, and explore relationships um, and also identify um, any future trends that may emerge um, and also um, any drivers that may influence other causes and other, other indicators and factors later on. Um, so they're both two um, important tools um, in trying to forecast um, what may happen. Now, obviously, in developing a hypothesis, you want to be able to test it. Um, now, this means you've got to go through that hypothesis and you've got to check it for a sense of logic, and you've got to make sure that the assumptions are sound um, and they are strong enough to underpin a particular hypothesis or scenario. They can't be ludicrous. Um, they need to be based in, in information and data that you have. Um, and they need to be grounded. Um, so um, it's important that when you're testing hypotheses, um, you're also prepared to recheck them. Now I said a bit earlier that um, part of, of um, hypotheses is that, and, and scenarios is that there's new information that emerges all the time. And so periodically you need to revisit these hypotheses or the scenarios and add that additional information into them in order for them to remain relevant. Um, you should also, I guess, be looking at um, any assumptions or value judgments um, that are within these and you need to be explicit about them. Um, so if, you, if you're making an assumption, if, you, if there's a value judgment involved in your hypotheses or your scenarios, then you need to make sure that others know that. Um, and so um, the process is transparent about what you're creating. Um, and so, but the underlying theme of testing these things is to make sure that the logic is right, um, and is to make sure that um, it's built on, um, on on a degree of information, on fact, on data, and so forth. The next aspect um, I want us to look at here is the application of it. Now, the application um, of these is about using these estimates, um, and and I guess being able to see potential futures as a result of them. Um, now obviously when you're building, doing scenarios or hypotheses, um, there's not always going to be one future. Um, we know that there are many different variables that take place, um, particularly when dealing with human action. There isn't always an ability to predict, predict what people are going to do. Um, in previous um, discussions, I think we've talked about um, some of the risks in, in predictive analysis um, in that sometimes you, you can't account 
for, for human decisions. Um, and sometimes what you think is going to happen certainly won't. So what do I, where am I going with all this? I'm, I'm trying to make the point that um, with your hypothesis, uh, with drafting hypothesis and scenarios, your scenarios should, and a hypothesis should always be more than just one uh, because there's no absolutes. So dealing with multiple hypotheses, dealing with, with uh, a few outcomes of a scenario is always a healthy way to approach them. Um, and uh, in doing so, um, getting back to the application point, in doing so you're able to identify um, uh, what, what you're going to need in the future to deal with those possibilities. And so the second point here about making, um, making judgments uh, uh, they need to obviously need to be open to change. I've, I've sort of covered that a little bit already um, in that um, as new information comes, as you learn new things, you've got to be able to change um, some of those assumptions that you've been making. Um, and obviously further analysis um, and changing priorities will also shape, um, shape some of those. So I guess some examples of using estimate intelligence um, are here and, and because we know or we, we hope we do through our hypothesis testing and through our scenario, um, our scenario basis, um, we know or we have a likely good idea about what may be taking place in the future. Therefore, in an operational sense, you can use that as a way to set future operational objectives. So if you've managed to, or you've done a scenario that um, there may be an increase in, in drug supply um, due to some causational factors of, of um, uh, um, more meth labs being built, whatever, um, you can then set your objectives or your operational objectives to countering that. Um, and you can also, I mean, there's a good thing you can, you know, history um, does have its place and drawing inferences from background intelligence as well. So things that, that, have, that, have, that have taken place, uh, things that have been compiled already can start to help us shape a future. So if you're understanding what's been going on, if you've got the right background work, um, you're able then to also set a course for what may happen um, later on. And again, it helps us determine priorities. Um, if we look at a series of hypotheses or, or scenarios, um, we're then able to, to look at the ways that we can focus resources. Now we know resources aren't, aren't infinite, um, and so with some uh, forward thinking, with some, um, uh, I guess, um, forward analysis of what's going to take place, you're able to allocate those resources effectively. And sometimes too, um, through your scenarios and your hypotheses, particularly scenarios, you can also try and work out what type of action may be required, or even inaction. And on top of that, you can then look at the implications of those, um, of those actions as well. So going back to my small example about Turkey invading Syria, you may run some scenarios, well, what would happen if uh, the US decided to actively su support um, one particular side? What would happen if Russia was actively supporting Turkey? Any number of different scenarios. and. And, and for the people involved, they could then make uh, a, a series of, of possible um, actions 
or inactions in the case of those things taking place. So again, it allows to plan and allocate resources and get a sense of what may be taking place later on. Um, well, I've also got here that um, using estimative intelligence can also help you identify um, uh, causal pathways um, and actions to alter uh, the environment as well. So if you can see foresee a change in something taking place through a scenario um, or through um, a hypothesis based on new information that's coming in, um, you're able to alter the operational environment and you're able to, to make those changes. So things can become a little more fluid uh, if you know where things are going to go. Um, and finally, Daniel, I've made the point that um, estimate intelligence can be used to inform operational design. So we've talked about operational design before, how to lay it out. It's, it's forecasting and seeing it goes back to that whole idea of planning um, and the importance of planning those particular operations. So um, again, all information is going to, going to help, particularly if you can predict um, in, a, in a reasonably sound way um, what, what we expect may take place. Um, it also allows us to make contingency plans. Um, if we, again, using a range of different scenarios to a situation uh, or different hypotheses for a particular cause uh, or observation, then we've got a few different options um, in regards to how to deal with something. So we can then make, um, uh, I guess, make some, some decisions and, and, and implement some contingency planning um, to deal with those in advance of them taking place. Um, we can also run some scenarios or hypotheses, particularly scenarios, on the idea of measuring the impact of an effectiveness. So prior to even an operation beginning, in your design of the operation, you could run a scenario based on, on an initial plan or initial objectives of that operation and run the scenario on how you think it may, may work. And so in, um, in, in doing so, you can check the effectiveness of an operation even before it begins through a scenario-based approach. Um, and finally, um, that sort of information can lead to um, um, knowing whether we should, an operation should continue or whether it should cease. Um, so again, by doing some forecasting, by looking at um, uh, some modelling um, based on hypothesis, based on scenario. Um, you may even know whether operation should continue or whether you may need to change it or whether there's some desire there to sort of or even cease the operation itself. So look, the examples of, you know, the estimative intelligence, um, if done correctly, um, has some really um, great applications and can really do some really good stuff. Um, the key, though, is to make sure that it is sound. Um, it, it's got a sound method to it. And it goes back to my points about it being grounded in logic. It's got to be based on that information and those particular points there. Now, I've got a couple of readings here um, uh, that, that, that are sort of worth having a look at. Um, in particular, uh, improving the futures of intelligence. It's quite an interesting read. Um, and also looking at intelligence analysis um, and, and decision science, so the way that things can be made through, um, through forecasting and so forth. So um, by all means, have a look at those. I've also put on the um, Interact site two YouTube clips that look at um, hypothesis and also look at scenarios. 
Um, they're not based in, or not grounded in intelligence studies, um, rather they, they, they take a more scientific or even a, um, a social science approach. Um, but I like them because they were able to sort of clearly explain hypothesis and hypothesis testing um, along with scenarios as well. So I've included those as a way just to add to your understanding. Um, and finally, as always, um, I have a few study questions here for you to, to look at as well. Um, some of them are apparent, um, some of them you may need to do a little bit extra uh, reading and research for, um, but they should help you sort of uh, bring together some of the ideas that we've covered. Um, so look, that covers um, this topic, um, and as I say, I, I'm hoping that what you get from this is that estimative intelligence um, is of real value, um, but it's got to be done right, and it's got to be grounded um, in, in, um, in, in sound information, um, and it's got to follow a good logic. So if you're ever um, doing this type of thing, keep those two, um, two tenets in mind. And um, as always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to, um, to get in contact.